Happy New Year, everybody. Glad for all of you that braved the weather today. And uh, it's been interesting, hasn't it been, these past few days? But thank God for this new year, a new chapter, a new book in our lives. And we're ready to face it with everything God has put in us. All of heaven is behind us as we face this year and accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. Amen. As Jonathan said, for the next 21 days, we're giving ourselves to prayer and fasting for the purpose of greater intimacy with God, to hear from him more clearly, but also to eliminate the noise and distractions so we can hear what God is saying to us in this time and in this hour. I don't know of a time where it's been more important to hear what God wants us to hear from him in in the everyday aspects of life. Should I get on that train? Should I go on that plane? Should I drive to work this way? I mean, we just need to tune in to what God is saying to us on a daily basis. That's not a woo-woo way to live. It's normal for the child of God to be in tune with him, not to live out. Have you ever had the radio on and you're in between? Well, in the old days, we had knobs to turn the radio. And uh, you'd be stuck in between stations and you, you just couldn't hear anything. You heard a lot of static. You heard a lot of noise. You know, that's the way a lot of Christians live with a lot of static and a lot of noise, and they can never really tune into what God is saying. And so this time of prayer and fasting is going to be great so that we can hear clearly what the Spirit of God is saying to each one of us for our daily lives. And uh, I believe today I'm going to share something with you that may really help you get yourself in a place where you can tune into what he's saying. You know, uh, we've been in the ministry every day for almost 42 years. In a few months, it'll be 42 years. And uh, I think one of the, the top things people have uh, had to deal with in their everyday life is the distraction of worry. And worry weighs us down, it distracts us, it gets us off target, it gets us out of our lane, it causes us to make decisions and do things that we should never have done if we were in the right frame of mind to make those decisions. So today I want to talk to you about pray more and worry less. Pray more and worry less. I want to start with Philippians 4, verse 6 in the Living Bible. And it says, don't fret about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answers. I love that. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything and tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answers. So we're going to pray more and worry less. Before we get started, let's just pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that it's going to go forth, Father, in just the way that you purpose for it to do today. I speak a blessing over the people sitting here today. I thank you that they have ears to hear and their hearts are open and they'll be doers of what they hear today. We bless you, Father and Holy Spirit. We sit at your feet today thanking you that you are the great teacher and you will guide us and lead us and bring us into a good, peaceful place in 2018. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. 
uh, not too long ago, it was about a couple of years ago, it was a beautiful autumn day, and I love autumn. It's my favorite time of year. I love to say autumn. I don't say fall. I say autumn. It just sounds nicer. I love the autumn. And it was a Monday. It was our day off. And we had been through uh, quite a season of a lot of stress and a lot of pressure. And we hadn't taken a day off for quite a long time. But so we got in the car. We love to go north to Kittery because um, shopping makes everything better. And uh, we go to Kittery for two reasons. We go to Kittery to shop and we go to Kittery to eat. And Robert's is our favorite restaurant there in Kittery. And so we went this day just to you know, get out of Dodge and have a day away from everything because uh, neither one of us were thinking good thoughts. So uh, we went to the uh, outlets and we got to a point where we separated. We, after a period of time, separate when we shop because Jonathan is the shopper in the family. And although God's grace is sufficient, I have not tapped into sufficient grace to shop with my husband. Because he goes through every shirt and every pair of pants and every shoe. In fact, when the kids were little and he was going to the mall, I tried to get Jay to go. And Jay would go, I'm not going with him. <laughs> but Laurie Ann, you know, the compliant child, she would go with him. And it would take them like two days to come back with one tie. I have no grace for that. So this day we're in Kittery and we were shopping and we had separated and I had planned to come back to a certain place. And those of you that know the outlets in Kittery, you know there's the parking lot in the middle and there's lots of benches there. And uh, I had finished first, of course. So I sat on the bench to wait for him and it was such a beautiful day and the sun was shining and I, I just put my face up to the sun and was just enjoying it and uh, in a few minutes I heard this chirping and this noise and and I opened my eyes and right in front of me in the parking lot there was just this one little puddle just a small puddle and in that puddle there must have been 10 or 12 little sparrows and they were splashing around and they were having the greatest time and they were just if they could laugh out loud I would have heard them laugh out loud they were just jumping and splashing there wasn't a care in the world they didn't care they were in the middle of the parking lot and could get run over they were just enjoying the moment of where they were. And what came to me at that time was the scripture in Matthew chapter 6. You know this. Uh, Matthew 6, 25 to 34. I'm reading to you from the Living Bible. And it says this. So my counsel is, don't worry about things, food and drink and clothes. For you already have life in a body and they are far more important than what to eat and wear. Look at the birds. They don't worry about what to eat. They don't need to sow or reap or store up food, for your heavenly Father feeds them, and you are far more valuable to him than they are. Will all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothes? Look at the field lilies. They don't worry about theirs, yet King Solomon in all of his glory was not clothed as beautiful as they. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't he more surely care for you, O men of little faith? So don't worry at all about having enough food and clothing. And why be like the heathen? For they take pride in all these things and are deeply concerned about them. But your heavenly Father already knows perfectly well that you need them. 
and he will give them to you if you give him first place in your life and live as he wants you to do. So don't be anxious about tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrow too. Live one day at a time. Live one day at a time. You know, these days people are worried about everything. The definition of worry is to torment oneself with or suffer from disturbing thoughts. To torment oneself with or to suffer from disturbing thoughts. Disturbing thoughts, we have all had them. How am I going to pay my rent this month? What am I going to wear? Will I ever get married? Should I get on that plane? Look what's happening in the world today. What does retirement look like for me? Is this food safe to eat? Will my kids live right? My unemployment ran out. How do I care for my aging parents? Who's going to take care of me? I don't even have any family in this country. Who's going to take care of me when I age? I just got a negative medical report, the death of a loved one. I'm single. I'm alone. Who's going to take care of me? Disturbing thoughts that we torment ourselves with. You know, worry, the thing I found about worry, it doesn't just affect the emotions and the mind, but it has a profound effect on the physical body. Listen to some of the symptoms that worry will cause in your physical body. Difficulty swallowing, dizziness, dry mouth, fast heartbeat, fatigue, headaches, inability to concentrate, irritability, muscle aches, muscle tension, nausea, ulcers, poor digestion, nervous energy, rapid breathing, shortness of breath, sweating, trembling, twitching, depression, overeating, undereating, sleeplessness, and a sense of despair and hopelessness. All are byproducts of worry. Is it no wonder Jesus said to us, don't worry, don't take those thoughts, don't be anxious, be like those little sparrows playing in the water, knowing that your heavenly father is going to take care of you. I think this is so important as we step into this new year and step into our time of, of prayer and fasting, that we eliminate worry. The thoughts are always going to come, but what you do with those thoughts are up to you. Every thought is a seed, and you have a choice to make when that seed comes to your mind. You can plant it and nurture it, and water it with more thoughts and more negativity and feeding yourself the wrong things. Or as soon as that thought comes, you can do what Jesus said. And he said, don't take it. He said, don't take it. Don't take that thought. And I always said, the Lord showed this to me years ago, that it's easier to get rid of a thought when it's in the seed stage than it is after you have nurtured it. And now it's a big oak tree occupying your mind. Isn't it easier to pluck up a seedling than it is to pluck up an oak tree? So think of your thoughts that way. It has a profound effect on your emotions, your mind, but also your physical body. And in counseling over these years and dealing with people, I found there are three areas that people worry about the most. You still with me? I want to go over those with you today. The number one area that people seem to worry the most about is decisions making decisions. They're a huge cause of worry, yet we have to make decisions on a daily basis. Whatever the decisions you are facing today, God assures us 
that if we will acknowledge him in all of our ways, he will direct our path. And that's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I think you all know it. It's one of the, if you grew up in Sunday school, it's one of the first scriptures that you learn. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all things, and he will direct your path. I think the uh, primary word there for me is acknowledge. Acknowledge. You know, we have a choice. Uh, have you ever been in a situation where you were walking in the mall or something and you saw somebody that you know you knew and you waved at them but they didn't acknowledge you? And then you start thinking about, you know, what's that all about? I waved, I said hello, da, 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 da. then you start worrying about what you might have done to offend them or whatever. But acknowledge, when you don't acknowledge something, you are basically ignoring it. And the scripture says, acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will direct your path. If we're not acknowledging him, we're ignoring him. And I don't think any, of us, any one of us want to intentionally ignore God. But when we don't acknowledge him, we get into relationships that we haven't even asked God about. We make moves across the country to a job because it's more money, but we haven't even acknowledged God and inquired of him and asked him if it's okay. We make all kinds of decisions and we ignore God. And then we wonder why we're worrying about it because it wasn't his plan. He said if we would acknowledge him, he would direct our path. And we would make the right decision and we would do the right thing because we're acknowledging him in all of our ways. So don't ignore God. Hear what he has to say. If we want, excuse me, if we want to overcome worry, we have to trust God based upon the integrity of his character and the integrity of his word. He is not a man that he would lie. He will never lie to you. And heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. You can stand on it. You can count on it. You can hold on to it. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never disappoint you. No, never, ever, ever will he relax his hold on you. He will never leave you alone. He's with you in every decision that you need to make. You are not alone. Number one, worry decisions that we have to make. Number two, my time is, oh, I want to share another scripture here because I think it's important. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The Living Bible says your words are a flashlight to light the path ahead of me and keep me from stumbling. The Message Bible, I love this, says, by your words, I can see where I'm going. They throw a beam of light on my dark path. Amen? By his words, we can see where we're going, and they throw a beam of light on the dark path. Listen, you and I have a guide on the inside. If we will acknowledge him in all of our ways, he will take us to plain and pleasant places that are good for us. That pathway that leads us to the good life. Amen? Everybody wants to live a good life. And Jesus said he's prearranged and made ready a path for us to live that would take us to a good life. Acknowledge him in all of your decisions, and you will walk in the perfect plan and will of God for your life. Number one, decisions. Number two, another area of worry, provision. 
provision. This is another big one. Where am I going to get the money? I need a car. I can't pay my rent. I'm behind in my mortgage. How am I going to send my kids to college? I don't have enough money to retire. How will I be able to give? My lights are getting ready to be shut off. It's freezing outside. I have no oil or propane in my tank. Provision, provision. We worry about provision. But listen, our God is a big God. He's a big God. Jeremiah 10, 12 says, God has made the earth by his power. He has established the world by his wisdom and by his understanding and skill has stretched out the heavens. Andy Roman in one of his articles entitled, How, entitled, How Big Is God says this. Uh, this is long and so I hadn't put it up for you so you could read it while I read it or listen to it while I read it. And he says this, God created a universe that is bigger than we can imagine, giving us a glimpse of just how big he is. Speaking to God, the psalmist wrote, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? As he contemplated the vastness of God's creation, he was amazed that God cares. According to Jew Jewish and Christian beliefs, the most incredible thing about the creator is that he cares about us, the people he created, you and me. He didn't craft the universe in order to make us feel insignificant. He did it to display and show his power and his infinite love. He is a God powerful enough to create worlds, yet detailed and thoughtful enough to knit us to each together in our mother's wombs. He is intimately involved in even the tiniest aspect of creating life. So how big is God exactly? He is so huge that he is not bound by time or space, not needing or wanting for anything, and capable of creating our entire universe. Yet he is personal enough, personal enough to have created us in his own image. Biblical literature teaches that we are fearfully and wonderfully made under God's watchful care. That God even knows the number of hairs on each head. With all of this, it is amazing to consider that God, the creator of the cosmos, wants to have a personal relationship with each one of us. He is a big, big God. And we can overcome worry when we remember how big he really is. What is your mortgage compared to our big God? What is the dream in your heart to compare to the bigness of our God? Where can that wayward child go when God is everywhere watching over those kids? There's nothing you can't have. There's no dream that's too big that you can't go after because you have a big, big God. What your need is today, that bill, that electricity, uh, the dream of a new house, how small that is compared to how big our God is. First Peter 5, 7 says, let him have all your worries and all your cares for he's always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. He's a big, big God. He 
He's the one that hugged the, hung the planets in the universe. He put every star in place. He put the ocean and the sand and it can go no further. He's a big God. He's the healer of bodies. He's the deliverer of souls. He's the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. If you're here today and you have addictions, you can be delivered right now by the words that are speak. He is a big, big God. And nothing is too difficult for our God. With man, things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. He's a big, big God. So don't you worry about provision. God's got it all under control. We've never seen the righteous forsaken and never seen God's seed begging for bread. You'll never have to beg a day in your life because you serve a big, big God. Can anybody say amen? Decision, provision. And the third one that people worry about is vision, the future. Vision, the future. We can get so stuck in the now that the worries of now that we can't see a clear future. We get caught up in the daily tasks and routines of life that we can't see past today. Never mind having a picture for the future. How many times have we said, if I can just get through today. I just need to get through today. How many of you young mothers have felt, if I can just get through today? I remember when just being able to take a shower was a victory day for me. Jay was colic. We lived out of state. I had no family. I was by myself. And, uh, you know, I wasn't a pretty sight. And Jonathan would leave in the morning, and he'd come back after nine or ten hours. And I didn't look the same way I did when he left. I looked worse <laughs> with a screaming baby all day long. And I remember this one day, he came home, and he looked at me, and I had Jay propped up on the couch. Uh, uh, yeah, propped up on the couch. And Jonathan come in the door and he took a look at me and he took a look at Jay and he looked back at me and he made a comment. And he said, he said, what have you been doing all day? Now, man, listen to me clearly. If you value your life, if you value your body, if you value your legacy, don't ever say to a woman with a baby, what have you been doing all day long? Because I can't help you after that. You're on your own after that. There's nothing I can do or say that'll make it any better. If I was you, I would back out of the house as quickly as possible, get in the car, and don't come back for several days. But we worry about vision and the future and what does it hold and this is in my heart and how am I going to get there. We worry so much about things that aren't important because we lack vision for the things that are really important. Did you hear what I say? We worry about the things that really aren't important because we lack vision for the things that are really important. Do you know why people gossip? Do you know why people are critical? It's because they don't have a vision for their own life. So they go after you and your vision. People that have vision 
and have a dream and someplace they want to go and things they want to accomplish for God, they don't have time to be picking apart other people's lives. They don't have time to gossip and be critical. The people that do that are people that don't have a vision for their own life. And when you don't have a vision for your own life, you don't have anything to talk about but other people. But when you have a vision... And you're a dreamer, you hang out with other visionaries and you hang out with other dreamers and you feed and you nurture each other's dreams and you encourage each other so that you don't get into a place of worry. It's a thief. Worry is a thief designed to paralyze us from moving forward. It's baggage. You know, my husband has always said a smart thief never goes into an empty house. A smart thief never goes into an empty house. Why? Because there's nothing to take. A smart thief goes, did you hear I pronounced my R just then? I said smart. Did you hear that? It's too much work. So a smart thief goes into a house. That's way too much work. My lip is cramping trying to do that. A smart thief only goes into a house where there are goods, something to take. An empty house, there's nothing there. Why do you think the enemy comes to you and to your house and after your money and after your body and after your marriage and after your dream? Because you're full. Your house is full. He only goes where there's something to take. The fact that he's tried to come and take your health is because you have it. You already have it. And he wants what you have. The fact that he comes and tries to take your money and everything's breaking down and everything's going wrong is because Jesus has already blessed you and made you prosperous and he wants what you have. You're a full house. Don't worry about the future. Don't worry about what tomorrow is going to happen. Don't take those thoughts. Keep your mind fixed on the word of God and his promises for you. And his word will be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. One of my favorite scriptures in Proverbs 31 is that this woman rejoices over the future because she and her family are ready for it. I've been saying that for 40 years. Me and my family, we rejoice over the future because we're ready for it. When you fix your mind on the word of God, you don't worry about the future. The root of worry is fear, and the Bible says that fear has one, one friend, one buddy that goes with it, and that's torment. Fear has torment. But you know that 2 Timothy 1.7 tells us that God did not give us a spirit of fear. There's two things you need to notice about that scripture. Number one, fear does not come from God does not come from God. And number two, fear is a spirit. And because it's a spirit, it needs to be dealt with as a spirit because fear has torment. So when fear tries to come to you and fear tries to come to your house, you address it. You use your authority and tell it to go in Jesus' name. Don't coexist with fear because it has a lot of other buddies that come along with it. And before you know it, you won't leave the house. You won't get in the car. You won't drive a plane. You won't give it an offering. You won't do anything because you're so bound by a spirit of fear. Take authority over the spirit of fear in the name of Jesus, and be free from it. Psalm 138, verse 8 says, God will perfect that which concerns me, for your mercy and loving kindness endure forever. Another translation says, Lord, I know you will do what you have promised. Your faithful love will last forever. 
The Living Bible says the Lord will work out his plans for my life, for his loving kindness endures forever. So the three things people worry about are decisions, provision, and vision. Now, quickly, in our last few minutes, I want to tell you how to overcome worry in those areas. Are you still here? Okay. Number one, have a steady diet of God's word. I've been saying that for the past 36 years of this church. I think if you listen to anything I've taught on family, on healing, on all the subjects I've taught in the Bible school, you will always hear me say, one of my points will always be, have a steady diet of God's word. Matthew 4.4 says, man doesn't live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds out of God's mouth. It's the only way to overcome worry is to starve your doubts. And the only way you do that is by taking God's word in every day. Do you know we have absolutely no excuse today? We have no excuse. Between all of technology, you can go anywhere. You can hear anything. You can do between our phones and our iPads and our computers. And you can hear the word of God 24-7. You know, when Jonathan and I first started hear, uh, hearing God's word and realizing how much we had to have a steady diet of God's word, you know, this was quite a while ago. And, um, you know, back then the boom boxes were really big. That's why they called them boom boxes. And we saved and we saved and we saved because we had to have it. We say we finally got together. The kids were babies. We finally got together $55. And we went to Leechmere. We were so happy. Anybody remember Leechmere in Cambridge? We went to Leechmere and we, we were so happy because we had enough money to buy a double one. You know, the side-by-sides because they didn't have auto reverse then. We were so happy. It was gold to us. We just had a handful of cassettes that were copies of a copy of a copy of a copy. And we'd listen to those cassettes day and night, and night and day. It changed everything. It changed our marriage. It changed the way we raised our kids. We just slammed on the brakes of what we were doing, and God's Word changed everything. And it will for you if you will take the time to put God's word in. We feed on Fox and we feed on CNN and we feed and we feed and we feed. And that's all you can talk about because that's all you've been feeding on. When you take in God's word, you have something rich to talk about. You have conversations that are going to help people and change the lives of people. You will never be the same if you will get yourself in the habit of taking a steady diet of God's word. Amen. His words are spirit and they are life. They're life to every part of you. Number two, find the scriptures that deal with what you are worried about. Find the specific scriptures that deal with what you are worried about. Proverbs 4 tells us that God's word is medicine to every part of your life. God's word will be medicine to your flesh. It's medicine to your marriage. It's medicine to your money. God's word is medicine to your children and to your career. It's medicine to every part of your life, but you've got to take it. 
medicine doesn't do any good unless you take it. Jeremiah 1.12 says, God says, I'm watching over my word to perform it. God wants to perform his word on your behalf. But you've got to put it in you and you've got to speak it out of your mouth. He's watching over his words that you speak so he can bring it to pass in your life. You know, there's another scripture that talks about our words and it says that your words have been stout against me. Are your words opposing God and his blessings in your life? Or are your words opening the doors wide open so that you give God permission to make his word come to pass in your life? So find the scriptures that, scriptures that deal with what you are worried about. In number three, this is the most important part. Everything I've said is for this right here because this will help you go into your time of prayer and fasting. And that's this. Shape your worries into prayers until victory is yours. Shape your worries into prayers until victory is yours. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 in the Message Bible says this. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Isn't that not awesome? Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. I remember a specific time uh, when Jay was getting ready to graduate. My poor kids, we got to use them as examples. They're so gracious. Um, he was getting ready to graduate, making decisions. He had gotten accepted to, you know, all the colleges here in the Boston area that he applied to. He's a very smart boy. And um, we just knew you know, in our hearts, we knew what he was supposed to do, but we also knew with Jay's personality that if we told him, this is what you're doing, he's going to go a million miles in the opposite direction. Laurie Ian would be, okay, whatever you say, whatever you say, whatever you say. Not Jay. And so we were just praying for him. And one day I was in my laundry room and I was folding clothes and just the devil was harassing me. Your son's going to miss it. He is going to miss it. He's going to be out of the will of God for his life. He is never going to fulfill his destiny. He is off track, and he's going to miss it. And, oh, you know that feeling that you get just in the pit of your stomach right away? But then all of a sudden, I remember the scripture. Shape your worries into prayer. Now, I don't remember when I read that, but you know what? If you'll put God's word in you when you don't need it, it'll come up when you do. And somewhere along the line, I had read that scripture, and it came up. Take your worries and shape them into prayers. And I just let the devil have it right there in that, my laundry room. You will not have one day of my son's destiny. He was created for purpose. He is bound to the will of God. He's a disciple taught of the Lord, obedient to God's will. And great will be his peace and undisturbed composure. And it wasn't too long after that that he made the decision to go to teen mania, which we knew was the right next step for him. Take your worries and shape them into prayers. When Laurie Ann was in Honduras, we were nervous about her going there. She was this little thing, 
and she was going off to Honduras, one of the most violent nations in the world. This little 20-year-old girl, we put her on the plane, and we were pathetic. We were pathetic. We're standing in the airport and the big window, and back then you could go to the gates, you know. And we, we stood there till we couldn't see the plane anymore. It just kept going, and we just kept looking to see if we could still see the plane. And it was gone. We looked at each other. We didn't know what to do with each other. And we went home and was at the office one day and um, actually was in the prayer room praying. And Pastor Earl came up to say that he had just heard on the news that there were violent gangs in San Pedro Sula. And that's where Laurie Ann was. And these gangs, you know, they have no rules. They were going into hospital shooting. They were stopping school buses shooting. They were everywhere. And all I, I could think of is our little baby over there in Honduras. And there comes that grip in your stomach again. And I was, fear tried to get a hold of me. And I heard the Lord say to me so sweetly, Verna, she's more mine than she is yours. She's more mine than she is yours. And she is right where she's supposed to be. Oh, I tell you, if you take every worry and shape it into a prayer, the peace of God will overwhelm you. You'll be able to stand in faith for what you're believing for. I could say so much more, but our time is going. Philippians 4, verse 8 in the Living Bible says this. And now, brothers, as I close this letter, let me say this one more thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and good and right. Think about things that are pure and lovely and dwell on the fine good things in others. Think about all you can praise God for and be glad about it. Don't fix your mind on what's worrying you today. Fix your mind on God and his word and it will all come together for you. Amen. The last scripture I want to give you because our time is up is... Isaiah 26.3 Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because, he's tr because he trusts in thee. Does anybody in here need perfect peace? He is the prince of peace as we have been so wonderfully taught. And he's here today to minister to you and alleviate all the worry that's in your life today. Let's stand together. Did this help anybody today? Uh, thank you. I didn't say that for you to clap. I just want to know that you were helped today. Let's just lift our hands to heaven in our next minutes together. Hallelujah. Father, we worship you. We bless you. We thank you for your peace. We thank you, Jesus, that you're here, that you're walking up and down every aisle that you're touching these people here today. I speak peace over their minds. I speak peace over their hearts today. We lay down every concern. We lay down every worry. We lay down every thought that's not of you, God. And we pick up your precious holy word. Your words, their spirit and their life. They will never pass away. They will never fade away. Thank you, Lord, for ministering to each person here today. We bless you, Father. Just take a second. Whatever those worries are, just tell him about it. 
tell them what they are. If it's decisions, if it's provision, if it's vision, just in a few words, tell him what you're concerned about today. Father, your promise is that you will perfect everything, everything, every little thing that concerns us. You will perfect. And all those thoughts that come to torment, we will not take them. We will take no thought that's not of you. And Father, as we spend time in your word, we just say our minds will be washed with the water of your word so we can think the clear thoughts of God in every area of our life, Father. Because your thoughts are higher. Your ways are higher. And we embrace your thoughts and we embrace your ways. We leave and give those children to you, God. We're not going to carry the care of that. The money issues, we're not going to carry the care of that. Those medical reports, we're not going to carry the care of that. You said that by your stripes we were healed and we believe what you said. Thank you, Father, for ministering peace to everyone here today. In Jesus' name. Do you know, there's only one thing that somebody should really worry about. And that would be what they're going to do with eternity. And what decision they're going to make about the rest of their lives. And if you're here today and you haven't received Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, there truly is something to worry about. And that's where are you going to spend eternity. And so if you're here today and you haven't received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can leave here worry-free today by receiving him in your heart. We're all going to pray this together. Everybody repeat after me. Jesus, I come to you today thanking you for forgiving me of all of my sins, for cleansing me from all of my iniquities. Thank you for going to the cross Thank you for conquering death. Thank you for raising from the grave. And thank you for being my Savior. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. And I will serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Pastor Mo.